I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, it's November, which means it's the most wonderful time of year. I know some people think it's coming up here. Now, I just quick show of hands. How many of you, November 1st, the Christmas tree's already up? Anybody? Nobody? We have a church of normal people. Okay, one person. Sorry. Church of mostly normal people. I like that. I like that. You know, this time of year, though, it's so easy to jump into Christmas. I know so many people that are just so excited. All right, let's get the Christmas tree up. It's time for Christmas. But I'm always like, wait, you're missing the best part of the year. It's Thanksgiving season. I love Thanksgiving. For so many reasons. One's because my, my birthday is around Thanksgiving every year. So is my wife's. It's really awesome. It's a great time of, you know, pumpkin pie, pumpkin spice, everything. It's amazing. But really, I love Thanksgiving because I think it's something we can often, often pass over and, and not understand the full meaning of. Because thankfulness, I think, is something that is so incredibly important in our world. And that's why in this series, all throughout November, we're going to be talking about thankfulness and worship and how, how to communicate well with God. And so it's going to be an amazing and incredible time. And today, I just want to start off with telling a little story. There's a, there's a story of a elderly couple who are sitting around one day and they're watching TV in the basement. When the, the old man stands up and says, hey, I'm going to go to the kitchen and get myself a sandwich. Would you like anything? And his wife says, well, you know, honey, I, I'd like an ice cream sundae. Can you do an ice cream sundae? He goes, absolutely. She goes, well, I have some stuff I want on it. But before I tell you, I really think you should write it down. The doctor's been telling us that, you know, our memories are not the best. So, listen, you really should write it down. I, I, and he says, listen, honey, I, I don't need to write anything down. I still got it. Just tell me what you want. You go, okay, okay, okay. Ice cream sundae with whipped cream. Okay. Are you sure you don't want to write this down? No, I don't want to write it down. I got it. I got it. Whipped cream, ice cream. Got it. Okay, okay. Can I also have a cherry on top? Yes. Are you sure you don't want to write this down? It goes back and forth, back and forth. She keeps saying, will you please write it down? He says, no. Finally, she says, okay, how about some chopped nuts? He goes, okay. She says, well, do you, can I please write it down for you? He says, honey, I've got it. Ice cream. Whipped cream, cherry on top, chopped nuts. I got it. Leave me alone. He's, he's frustrated. He stomps off to the kitchen. He's there for quite some time, making noises that shouldn't be made while you're making an ice cream sundae, using pans that probably don't have anything to do with ice cream sundaes. Finally, he comes back with a plate with two eggs and toast on it and hands it to his wife. His wife looks at him and goes, I told you you were going to forget something. I told you you need to write it down. And of course, he's indignant. What did I forget? And she says, you forgot the bacon. <laughs> you know, something I have found in my life is that forgetfulness is a bit of an epidemic in our country. I think forgetfulness is something that we all can suffer from. I, I think we forget to learn from history sometimes. I think we forget common sense some days. I think we forget how to be decent and have empathy for other people. But most importantly, I think we forget to be thankful. You know, when it comes to the original holiday of Thanksgiving, what they were celebrating in that moment was that they had more than enough food and they didn't die of dysentery. Like that was the, the basic level of qualification for being thankful. And in our world today, sometimes our levels for being thankful is, well, we got to have Start enough money for Starbucks and Wi-Fi, just having enough money, just not dying this year. That, that's not always enough to bring about thankfulness for us. But yet we have so much in our country and in our world 
to be thankful for. And the fact is, many studies have shown the impact of thankfulness on our minds and our hearts and our souls. There's been so many studies done that have found that people who are more thankful have so many health benefits, mental health benefits. In fact, UC Berkeley did a really interesting study where they they took a group of, of students who were suffering from some mental health issues. They were seeking counseling. They were seeking therapy. And they they did a a really scientific study with them. They broke them up into three groups. One group, of course, was the control group. They just went to their therapy and their counseling like everybody else. But then one group, they they asked them to write each day a journal entry or, or a thought on their negative emotions or negative experiences that had happened to them. Basically, focus on the negative things. Write it each day. Then the other group each day was asked to write a letter of gratitude or a thank you card to someone in their life. They, they, went through, they all went through the same therapy, same counseling stuff, and they came to the end of the time, and they found, of course, that the group that had the, thanks, the thankfulness letter that they had to write were immensely better off than anyone else. They found that they were able to move forward from things that were holding them back better than anyone else because the fact is when we are thankful, it does so much for us. And that's just in our own lives, but I think it's even more important when it comes to God. I want to read a passage for you that's going to be a big part of this series, Psalm 100. It says, To shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs, and know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Would anybody agree with me today that we have a lot to praise God for? Anybody on that? Absolutely. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. I want you to do something with me. Take a deep breath in and hold it and let it out. One more time. Take a deep breath in, hold it, and let it out. The Bible says that that breath is for praising God. Each and every time that we have breath in our lungs, it's a reason to praise God. The Bible says that in heaven, we're going to be praising God. That's what's going to be happening in heaven. So I think we might as well practice for the big game, right? So today I want to talk a little bit more about this, but before we jump into this, I want to talk about what praise is not. Praise is not a few things. First of all, praise is not just music. Parents, when when you're talking to your kids and you're praising them, I hope you praise them for the things that they do well. You're not just singing to your kids, good job on cleaning your room. Be kind of weird. In fact, this praise is a lot more than just singing. It's speaking, it's the way, it's writing things, it's communicating. Praise is also not just something that's passive or silent. Husbands, have you ever had that moment where it's like, hey, you don't tell me you know, this enough, or you don't say this enough, and you're like, well, I thought it. You know, see how that works. Just stare at your spouse and just think the things. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how beautiful you are. I'm praising you. Can you not feel it? Just, ah. Praise is not just something that we keep inside, but it has to come out. Praise is not just when things are going good in our world. Praise is not just about when 
and things are going good in life, it's praising God for the heat inside, even when it's cold outside. Praise is also not just on Sundays. I mean, imagine in your family, if you told your family, hey, I'm only going to talk about the good things that you've done. I'm only going to encourage you and praise you just one time a week. Sunday's 10 a.m. We'll, we'll gather around. I'll tell you some things. Rest of the week, I'm not talking about anything good you do. That wouldn't be a good environment, would it? Because the fact is, praise is a lot more than just Sundays. In Revelation 7, it tells, gives us a glimpse of what heaven looks like. There's people praising God even now, saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Praising God before His throne. And the fact is, when we come into worship, worship doesn't start when we start a service or we start singing. Worship is already going on and we're joining in with what's already happening in heaven. Worship is something that's not just about one day a week. It's something that should go through the rest of our lives. If you look at the the definition of prayer, or excuse me, the definition of praise in the dictionary, it's a warm approval or admiration for something. Fact is, all throughout our weeks, we praise things. We show warm approval or admiration for a lot of things in our world. We we praise our spouses, we praise our friends, we praise our kids, we praise employees, we praise coworkers. We watch sports and we praise people for how well they do. I mean, how many of you have been to a game recently and someone scores a touchdown and we just go, mm, that's nice. Is that the reaction? No, we go, whoa! We freak out! But then sometimes, what ends up happening is we come before God and when it comes to praising and worshiping Him, we think that Praising and worshiping God should be something that's kind of like silent or reverent. We're just kind of kind of sitting here and, and not really very expressive about how amazing and incredible our God is. Like the fact that we have a God who saw us in bondage to our sin and said, Listen, I love them too much to leave them there, so I'm going to send my son down to die on a cross for their sins. So that they can have a relationship with me, which would have been amazing. Then on top of that, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to walk with them and shape them and guide them and give them life and life to the full. To give them things and gifts and, and fruits of my spirit that are beyond anything they could possibly comprehend. To reach into the cesspool of this life full of sin and greed and hatefulness and give them a better way. Give them a relationship with me. And on top of that, giving them eternal life with me forever. Is that a reason to get get loud a little bit yeah oh we have a lot of amazing reasons to praise god and what i what i have found though is that if you really study what praise is just to be clear praise is not about you and it's not about me right it's about god we all agree on that praise is not uh, about me and what i want which always blows my mind when people get so caught up in their own preferences like we gotta have this type of music or we gotta do this type of thing or we gotta do it this way and it's like it's not about you in the first place but what i love about anything that god commands us is that it always seems to benefit me somehow like for instance i'm called to serve as a follower of jesus save people serve people so i'm gonna serve people and love people well i'm gonna love my neighbor well if I'm actually following Jesus. But what ends up happening is it has extreme benefits for me, for my mentality, for my spirit, for my soul. 
If you ever serve someone, it just, oh, it does something for you. It's amazing as we, as we obey God how many benefits we see in our life. When I forgive other people as I'm commanded to in Scripture, suddenly I'm freed from the shackles of unforgiveness. When I, when I tithe and put God's fir, God first in my finances and give Him 10% of what He's already given me, I see so many blessings in my finances. It's crazy. And then when I praise God... I see so many amazing things happen. And that's what I want to talk about today is the benefits of praising God. The first one is this. When I praise God, it lifts my spirits. When I praise God, it lifts my spirits. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. Thing is, I don't know what you're bringing in today. I, I know many of you have things that you've been carrying all this week. What I have found in my life is that God's antidote to almost anything that we're carrying, besides praying and bringing it to Him, is praise. Praise will change so many things in how you're feeling. If you're, if you're struggling through life right now, let me just offer you this, that if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe try praising God today. Maybe try glorifying Him and lifting up His name. If you're feeling depressed and down, like you can't go another step further, I love this quote from William Thrasher who says, Satan so hates the genuine praise of Christ that his fiery darts of discouragement are not effective against us when we respond in praise. The thing is, praise can take our worst days and turn it upside down and turning them back to God for several reasons. First, because it takes the focus off of us. We, we live in a very selfie-centered world. We can so often get focused on, on things that happen and so then we end up focusing on we feel like to the only person that's going on because when we feel like we're the most important person in the world, then when something bad happens to me, then it's a national tragedy. But suddenly, when we praise, it takes the focus off of us for a moment. And puts God back where he's supposed to be. In Psalm 150 verse 2 it says, Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. His excellent greatness. Sometimes we forget about how excellent and great our amazing God is. And instead we put other things on the throne of our hearts. Other things on the throne of our lives. Colossians chapter 3. I want you to look at this on the screen with me. The really interesting moment. Paul writes this. He says, let. Turn to someone right now and say, let. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Pause there for a second. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, which implies something. That there's something you can do that would stop the peace of Christ from ruling in your hearts. Are we all there? He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's two conditional statements there. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. 
and let the messes of Jesus dwell among you richly. I know a lot of people who don't who are followers of Jesus that don't have a lot of peace and that the gospel doesn't seem to be dwelling richly among them. It's not growing a lot of fruit. It doesn't seem to be working much power in their lives. And sometimes I think it's because we ignore what this verse is talking about. That to let that happen, we are worshiping, we're praising, we're singing to God with thankfulness and gladness in our hearts. One of the most important things we can be doing is praising God because when we praise God, we take ourselves, our problems, our thoughts, our own ideas, our own emotions, all the things that are going on in our life, and we take them off the throne and we let God's peace rule over our hearts. One of the most important things we can do is praise God because it takes everything that we've been focusing on and sets it aside and says, this doesn't rule my heart today. The divorce doesn't rule my heart today. The cancer doesn't rule my heart today. The sadness doesn't rule my heart today. The depression doesn't rule my heart today. God in his peace rules my heart today. So I'm going to praise him even when I'm in the midst of the storm. I'm going to praise him and lift him high because this does not have control over me. My God does. Praising God will lift my spirits. And secondly, praising God helps me to sense his presence. The fact is, whether we feel it or not, God is present in our lives In Psalm 139, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of the sea, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. It's a beautiful psalm. Beautiful poetic wording. But sometimes, I don't feel like that's true. Have you ever been there? I don't feel like God's always there with me. In fact, I I love the fact that David wrote so many of the Psalms. Because so often, David didn't feel like God was with him. So many times, David is writing, and he's saying some, some things that you don't feel like you should say to God. Like Psalm 13, how long will you forget me, O Lord? Like, God, you got a job. Are you going to do your job? But then what I love about David is he always comes back to, but I will worship you, but I will trust you, but I will praise you. The fact is, praising can often do amazing things for us because even when we don't feel feel God working, what can happen is, is that rather than trying to feel our way into an action, sometimes we can act our way into a feeling. Anyone ever do that? Maybe maybe in your marriage, you have moments where you've said to your spouse, man, I love you, but in that moment, you weren't feeling like you were loving them very much. My wife never had that problem. Maybe some of you other married people have had that happen. I read about it. See, the thing is, anything in life that's worth doing, there will be moments where you don't feel like it's working whether it's working out, eating healthy, making good financial decisions, or most importantly, following Jesus, there will be moments where it doesn't feel like it's working, but you keep working and all of a sudden you see progress in your life and amazing things start to happen. The fact is, if we wait for certain feelings to come before we do something, that feeling will often never come. If we keep waiting to act until we feel right, 
we feel like worshiping God, feel like everything's great and amazing, there's two things that will happen. One, probably are never going to have that. But second, what, what we're doing is, we don't always understand, is what we're doing is we're kind of saying, God, I'm going to hold your worship hostage until I get what I want. You know, I'm not going to worship you until I get all these things, let alone the fact that I have breath in my lungs and I have all these things. Instead of worshiping you for those things, I'm just going to wait until I get everything I want. So in that situation, who's God? Me. See, there's moments where I don't feel like praising God, but that's a sign I need to praise God all the more because we worship not because of how we feel, but because of what we know. Hebrews 13 tells us that through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. The fact is, our praise is a sacrifice before God, something that ushers us into his presence. In Psalm 140, it says, The righteous praise your name, and they live in your presence. What I have found in my life is that praising God will often get the kink out of my hose. In the moments when I don't feel like God is working, I don't feel like things are going well, what I have found is that much like a kink in, my, in a hose in the garden, praising God will unkink my hose, and suddenly there's living water flowing. Suddenly his spirit just starts to do something amazing in me. In those moments when I say, God, I don't feel good, but I'm just going to praise you anyways. I had one of those this week where I was talking to God. And I was praising him, but I was also bringing some stuff to him too. I was like, God, this is driving me nuts. And I'm, I'm so sick of this. And God, if you're not going to do anything about this, will you just tell me so I can just give up? And then I said at the end, but God, no matter what, I'm praising you. You're on the throne, God. I love you. I cannot wait to see what you do in this. Please, you just do your will. And all of a sudden, something amazing started to happen in me. It was really cool. See, Psalm 139 says that you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from far off. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Hmm. The Bible says in Psalms 22 as well that God is enthroned on the praise of his people. Sometimes we have to go back to verses like that in Psalm 139 just to remember how amazing and incredible our God is, that he has everything. Even the moments we don't feel like he's there, like he's working, the first thing we do is we come to God and we praise Him. And it's amazing what we'll see, how much more of His presence we'll start to see in our life. So the first thing I see is that God lifts, my, my, my spirits are lifted up by praise. I'm ushered into God's presence through praising Him. And third, praising God reveals solutions that I cannot see. Praising God will reveal solutions that I cannot see. I, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of things in my life that I'm not good at. Especially when it comes to fixing things. There's just a lot of things. And so so our, our standard in our house is if I can't fix it, which that's a lot of things, the first thing we do is call my father-in-law. And if he can't fix it, he normally has someone to like try try this type of person. And then if he doesn't have a person in mind, it's broken. And it just, it's just never going to get fixed. The fact is... 
when I can't, when something can't be fixed, we call somebody to come fix it, right? If there's an electrical problem, we call an electrician. If there's an issue that I, I can't see, it's amazing when they come into your home and someone's a professional in an area, and you've been staring at this problem, and suddenly they just know, oh, well, did you try this? It's a whole new solution that you hadn't thought of because they understand what's going on. And the same thing is true with God. There's so many things that we can't possibly see a solution because all we see is option A or option B. And God shows up and says, what about option G, option God? Because I got something that you've never even thought of. Psalm 73 says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. See, praise is God's problem solver because it's an act of faith, of stepping out and praising God, even when you don't see the solution coming. But Isaiah 55 tells us that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We serve a God whose ways are higher than our ways, whose thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so often all we see is the battle, but God's already coming with the victory. So we praise him for it. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a moment that I love where Elisha is suddenly surrounded by this great big army. And I just, I love this interaction that it's in Scripture. Because his servant turns to him and essentially says, Hey, this is not good. We're going to die. And Elisha turns and says, No, it's okay. It's okay. There's more with us than there are against us. And I just imagine the servant looking around going, I don't know what you're smoking, but why aren't you sharing? Because I'm very stressed right now. And suddenly, Elisha prays and says, God, would you open his eyes? And he looks and he sees angels everywhere that come in and end up taking out this whole entire army. I also love the moment where Jehoshaphat has a huge army coming to him. And the first thing they do is they go before God and they're scared and they don't think there's a lot of solutions. But God says to them, I've got this, the victory's already yours. So they send the worshipers out before the army, praising God, saying, God, glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. And they show up and the battle is already over. The most important thing we can do when we have a problem that we can't possibly face in our life is to praise God first. And we'll start to see his solutions showing up. The fourth thing is this. Praising God will help me remember his blessings. Psalm 139 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Praise is God's reset button for reality. Fact is, life has a way of skewing our perceptions. Have you ever had a moment where you're working on something made with a hammer and suddenly you hit your finger? I'm guessing in that moment you didn't hit your finger and go, Oh, praise God that my spleen is working! Oh, praise God that all the bills are paid! No, in that moment you're going, My finger! Because naturally when things hit us, when we have pain, we're focused on that pain. And sometimes what will happen in our life is we get focused on the stubbed toe or the hit finger. Something that's small in the grand scheme, but it hurts right now. It's true, it hurts. But in the grand scheme, we then ignore all the other blessings that God's done for us. When we come to praise God, it brings us back to a place where we remember how blessed and amazing we are. 
Remember those words that say, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God has given us so many things. So many gifts and so many things that I can ignore. I can get so focused sometimes in moments where I just get down. I'm like, I'm this or I'm not this. And I start to praise God and all of a sudden I start to be reminded. God says, no, I gifted you this way. I, I gave you this. And I gave you, yeah, I didn't, I didn't give you those things. I didn't want you to do that. No, I didn't give you big muscles. Sorry. Just what it is. But I did give you some other gifts that I want to use to impact people. Psalm 28, 7. It says that the Lord protects and defends me when I trust Him. He helps me and He fills me with joy as I praise Him. My prayer is that as we're seeking God today and praising Him, not just through music, but through speaking, through praying, through maybe even writing things to Him, that He will fill you with joy this week. And then if you're going through anything this week, that you will take the time just to worship God. Because what I have found is the final point today. Praising God will break your chains. Praising God will break your chains. If you're walking today feeling like you've been shackled by things, feeling like you just have some burdens that you can't carry anymore, we serve a God that breaks chains. And one of the coolest ways I see God break chains is through praise. In Acts, there's a, Amazing story that I love where Paul and Silas have been chained up in a dungeon. And we think of dungeons whenever I saw the picture growing up. It's a nice watercolor picture in the little picture books, you know, in the church. But reality is this is a very dark, dank, terrible place full of disease, rats. It's probably cold. It's not a great place to be. And Paul and Silas... They sit there and they go, man, this sucks. And man, really, following God, I mean, golly, could we at least got a heater? God, no, did they do that? No, they actually forgot the whole complaining thing. I'm really good at that. But somehow they forgot. They forgot to complain and talk about how terrible it was. Instead, it says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. That's important because suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. That's really cool. But what's even cooler is the fact that they were so intent on praising God that their great escape wasn't actually that great because they chose not to escape. It says that the jailer came out. And and suddenly saw the prison doors were open and he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because in that day, if you lose the prisoners, they're going to kill you anyway. So he was just going to take care of that. And Paul shouts, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before them. And then he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at the hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and then immediately he and his household were baptized. 
I love this story for two reasons. One, because I think it's a metaphor for a lot of things we see in our life. I see God break so many chains in people, and I think it starts when we're praising him. It starts when we're giving him glory first. It starts not when we say, God, when you take the chains off, I'll praise you. But when we say, God, even with the chains on, even with the burden on, even with the hurt, even with the addiction, even with the thing I can't face anymore, I'm going to praise you because you are worthy of it. That's when we see God show up and show off in mighty ways. But also what I love about this, is that we see what it looks like to be a real follower of Jesus because in our world today we get so focused on ourselves and we think, God, give me the miracle so I can benefit, so I can get out of the dungeon. But what I love in that moment was that not only did they get their chains off, but there's some other chains that are released. The jailer's family are suddenly released from the bondage of sin and are introduced to Jesus in a relationship with him because Paul and Silas were praising God. All of a sudden, God shows up and suddenly this jailer is starting a relationship because it wasn't just about them. It was about more than that. It was about Jesus and his kingdom. Because when we praise God and put his kingdom first, the Bible says that all these things will follow. There will be blessings that are poured out on us. It's amazing the things that will happen. And so today, I just want to invite you to look at your life and ask the question, am I a person of praise? Am I a person who praises God? Am I praising God in my daily life, saying, God, thank you for this. God, you've done this. Thank you for the, the blessings you poured out on me today. God, you are awesome. You are amazing. Are you spending time in prayer talking to him and telling him how great he is? I also want to encourage you, if you're someone who's a follower of Jesus, who's never, who just feels like you're just caring so much right now, I want to invite you to praise today. Here in a moment, we're going to sing together. I just want to invite you in this time just to set everything aside and just pour out his praises because that's when amazing things start happening. When our praises go up, all of a sudden we start to see amazing things coming down from heaven. I want to invite you to do that with me. And as we close today, I also want to invite you that maybe as we talk about worship, we talk about worshiping this God, maybe you're someone who sits there and says, you know, I've heard a lot about praising I've heard a lot of talk about this God, but I don't really know this God. I just want to invite you that there is a God who desperately loves you, who sent his son to die on a cross for you and wants to have a relationship with you. And if you feel an urge to start that relationship today, I invite you to talk to someone or pray with us today. If you join me, let's bow our heads as we say, Father, we believe that you're awesome, that you're amazing, you're incredible. You're worthy of all the praise and the honor and the glory. And so, God, today, we just want to pour that out to you. And we want to thank you that as we give you a sacrifice of praise that you deserve, as we give you the praise that, that you already own, that you already deserve, you're already worthy of, God, thank you for the blessings you pour out on us. And I just want to pray that as we worship today, that miracles would come down, your Holy Spirit would fall. That anyone in this place today who's been struggling, God, we, we want to thank you for what you're going to do. God, we want to thank you for the blessings that are coming. We want to thank you for the healings that are coming, God. As we come before you with everything that we can't face, and we say, God, in the midst of it, we're going to praise you in this storm. God, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're going to do. And if there's anyone who can hear my voice today who's never started a relationship with you, God, I pray that this is the moment where they give everything to you and say, God, I don't want to be on the throne of my own heart anymore, but God, I want Jesus there. 
I want to repent of my sins and give them all to Jesus and allow them to be forgiven, going as far as the east is from the west. And I want to live my life as a follower of Jesus. God, thank you for who you are and how you're working. You are awesome, amazing, and incredible. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, church, let's continue praising our amazing God together. Amen?